This is a Hot Pie Media original. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. H-E-L-P. Help. Better help. Now, is there something that's interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? You know, everybody who listens to Stop Self-Sabotage has something that they want for themselves that they are not getting because they feel that they're frustrated or they wouldn't be listening. They want more. And personally, when I first became a therapist, I went into therapy because I was so hurt in an emotional relationship. And I wanted to repair that. And BetterHelp is a place that you can do just that for yourself. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. Better help is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change therapists as needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. One of them is Anthony wrote, Karen is great. She's attentive, gives great advice, and really makes you think about your issues so you can resolve them in a fashion where you are comfortable. Visit betterhelp.com slash SSS. That's better H-E-L-P. And join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp, they are now recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. We have a special offer for you. For Stop Self-Sabotage listeners, you get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash SSS. As a therapist myself, I can't recommend them more sincerely. Go online, talk to them. They will be very attentive to your needs and they will get you the help you want. We're talking about peak performance and one of the all-time great books written about peak performance was by Stephen Covey. It was called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Now, I don't know if you're like I am, but I don't have time to read all the management bestsellers. But what I want to do for you with this one, I want to sum up some of the key points and then recommend, if you're interested, that you go get the book. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Habit number one. Be proactive. Highly effective people take the initiative. They are proactive. They do not impose limits on themselves that prevent them from acting. They recognize that they have the freedom to determine the kind of character they will have because they can decide how they will act. They may not be able to control their circumstances, but they can decide whether to use those circumstances or be abused by them. They live by the principles of personal vision. Begin to be proactive by speaking the language of initiative and responsibility. 
Not, I can't do anything. But, let's think about some possibilities. Not, that's just me. But, I can change the way I am. Not, he drives me up the wall. But, I can choose how I'll let him affect me. Not, I can't have it. But, I will decide and I will choose. Proactive people operate in the realm of the possible. They see what they can do and they do it. By taking responsibility and acting, they expand the realm of the possible. They get stronger as time passes. They become able to do more and more. They begin by committing to change something internal that may eventually change the world around them. Rate yourself on a scale of 1 to 10 how proactive you are, 1 being not at all and 10 being the best proactivity you could have. Habit number two, begin with the end in mind. Think carefully about your goals. Many people spend a lifetime pursuing a goal that proves meaningless, unsatisfactory, or destructive. You see them on the covers of tabloid magazines, rich, famous, busted for drugs, or watching their marriages fall apart. Power, money, and fame were the goals that they wanted and they achieved, but at what price? Effectiveness is not just a matter of reaching a goal, but rather of achieving the right goal. Imagine yourself sitting in the back of the room at your funeral. Imagine what people could honestly say about you based on the way that you are now. Do you like what you hear? Is that how you want to be remembered? If not, change it. Take hold of your life. Implement personal leadership. Begin by drafting a personal mission statement that outlines your goals and describes the kind of person you want to be. Think carefully about this mission statement. Examine yourself. See yourself as you really are. Are you self-centered, a workaholic, or are you letting yourself off the hook too easily? Decide what you need to change and what you want to become. Write the statement and make a commitment to yourself and keep that commitment. Habit number three, put first things first. You have the power to change who you are, but that means changing how you act. Never let your most important priorities fall victim to the least important. Many people spend their time reacting to urgent circumstances and emergencies and never invest the necessary effort to develop the ability to prevent emergencies, to exercise personal management. They confuse the important with the urgent. The urgent is easy to see. The important is harder to discern. Emphasize planning, avoiding pitfalls, developing relationships, cultivating opportunities, and getting adequate recreation. Don't think about cramming a lot of business into your schedule, but rather about making sure that you spend the necessary time on important things. Think of your various roles as a spouse, a parent, a manager, a community volunteer. Give each role an appropriate allotment of time on your schedule. Another way that I talk about that is do less better and focus on the most important priorities and do them first. Habit number four, think Win-win. In marriage, in business, or other relationships, exercise interpersonal leadership to make both parties winners. Two wins makes everyone better off. Two losses places everyone in a worse situation. A win-lose relationship creates a victor and leaves someone injured. 
Highly effective people strive for win-win transactions, which make it profitable for everyone to cooperate, because all the parties are better off in the end. Any other kind of transaction is destructive, because it produces losers and therefore enemies and bad feelings, such as animosity, defeat, and hostility. Highly effective people become winning and highly effective by multiplying their allies, not their enemies. A good alliance is win-win. Number five, habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Communication is a two-way street. To develop win-win relationships, find out what the other parties want and what winning means to them. Don't assume you know. Listen. Always try to understand what the other people want and need before you begin to outline your own objectives. Do not object, argue, or oppose what you hear. Listen carefully and think about it. Try to put yourself in the other party's shoes. Always understand what the other party needs and wants and why. Then, when you outline your own objectives, put them in terms that respond directly to the other party's goals. That is acting upon the principles of empathic communication. Habit six, synergize. Cooperation multiplies the power of one. In fact, creative cooperation may yield a force greater than the sum of its parts, just as an arch can support a greater weight than two pillars can hold. The arch multiplies the power of both pillars. The buzzword to describe this kind of relationship is synergy, which means bringing together a whole that is greater than the sum of its parts. Effective synergy depends on communication. Many people make synergy impossible by reacting from scripts. They don't listen, reflect, and respond, but instead they hear and act reflexively. Their reactions may be defensive, authoritarian, or passive. They may oppose or they may go along, but they do not actively cooperate. Cooperation and communication are the two legs of a synergistic relationship. Listen, reflect, respond, and cooperate. Habit seven, sharpen the saw. Effective people take care of their bodies with a program of exercise that combines endurance, flexibility, and strength. It's easy to plan such a program, and you don't have to go to a gym to implement it. Effective people care for their souls with prayers and meditation. By reading great literature or listening to great music, they build themselves up. They never neglect the spiritual dimension. It provides the energy for the rest of your life. Mental repair may mean changing your habits, such as the habit of watching television. Television encourages passive absorption of attitudes and values. Read, work puzzles, do math, or engage in some challenging activity to keep your mind alert, active, engaged. The heart refers to emotions, which depend on building up your ability to respond to life. The head depends on listening and focusing on learning intellectual material to keep yourself sharp. I'm talking with Vince Pacente. Vince, hello. Pat, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. Now, we just met uh, on a fellow friend's um, boat, and I was just so charmed by your story and how you have become a peak performer um, by going from basically not being an athlete, right, to the Olympics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In four years. In four years. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Well, tell us a little bit about your story, Vince. Well, let me back up. I, you know, I, I, these ideas, I, the question I get asked most often is, how the heck did you just decide at 26 to go to the Olympic Games? And it didn't happen that way. I mean, when I was 14, I had the notion that I'd love to be an Olympic athlete. 
and uh, remembered that I played clarinet in the band <laughs> and moved on <laughs> from that thought. Yeah. But I think peak performers rise out of, of ideas they can't let go of. Ah. A good idea just won't go away. That's a great, that's a great phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it's I mean, true. When, you, when there's something that sends a tingle up and down your spine, I mean, when, when you get a physical reaction from a thought, I mean, that's a clue right. that's worth paying attention to. Right. Exactly. And I know a lot of your listeners are female, and there's something called female intuition. Right. And, um, mm-hmm. and women get that. So for the men listening right now, for the most part, sometimes it doesn't have to make sense, you know. Right. It doesn't have to. It, it just has to feel right. Mm-hmm. And that's what the whole Olympic thing did. It, it, it felt right. And so I'd raced in luge uh, for a couple of years and then quit and regretted it because at the opening ceremonies of the Olympics in Calgary, I watched some of my buddies march with the Olympic team, and I realized I'd made a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're inspired, many of us, through various ways to take action, to say, you know what, I've had enough, or this is what I'd love to have. Mm-hmm. However we're motivated to make that decision to step up mm-hmm. uh, is, is how we function but I guess if we can accelerate that, if we can say, you know what, what is the thing in my life that that cranks me up, that, that gets me a pit in my stomach, that sends a tingle up and down my spine, and then peak performance isn't a doing thing, it's a being thing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then it's less effort. I mean, you, you, you've been in a... You know, remember when you're, you were in love, you know, and you were talking on the phone. I'm still in love. <laughs> four in the morning and. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember I that. Mean, unlimited energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's from, that's from the buzz. That's from the excitement. But, you know, you bring up a good point. You had that buzz and then you lost it, right? And then you refound it. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in effect, it is. I mean, I ignored it. I didn't even lose it. I went, oh, that's that can't happen, or that's not possible, exactly. or that wouldn't. You know, I'm a clarinet player. What's a clarinet player going to do in the Olympic Games? Right, right. I think if I was really much more in tune uh, at that tender age of 14 or even 20 yeah. to go, you know, what is that feeling? Why is it there? And what can I do about exploring? more of that feeling because when you get that there's un- I'm serious there is unlimited energy from that and mm-hmm. there's this great saying a buddy of mine says he's opening a bunch of franchises and it's not his it's, it's something along the lines of a, if you want something bad enough the universe will conspire to get it for you oh yes absolutely yeah and, you no know, there's mm-hmm. a certain resonance when you you walk into a, a, a guitar store for example if you if you plucked a note, a G, you would hear a hum coming from every single guitar string that is attuned to the G. So when something is attuned, when something resonates, when something has the same vibration, mm-hmm. it resonates much, much farther than where we are at at the moment. That's true. Well, and there's a wonderful um, uh, quote from Carl Jung that basically says that once you commit deeply to something, uh, the universe brings all kinds of different forces together to make that happen. And then, you know, life happens and it, and it you know, wears down or wears off or there's an event that intrudes. And, um, and so then part of it is that we have to return to that place of knowing and, uh, and follow it. So it mm-hmm. sounds like you, you did that. 
So tell us how that happened. to do it. I mean, <laughs> it makes life way more fun. Yeah, sure. When, when you're resonating with that kind of feeling yeah. as opposed to just trying to make it happen. Plod and through. through and yeah. Okay, well, no, but I want to hear, okay, so you're a 14-year-old clarinet player, right? Yeah. But you wanted to be in the Olympics. So what? So what happened and how did you get back there? Tell us your story. Well, having raced in luge for a couple of years in the er, my early 20s and then realizing you won't know unless you try, uh, at age 26, I basically just said, listen, I don't ever want that feeling of regret again. Mm-hmm. And so I made a decision, and I chose the sport of speed skiing, which was a, scheduled to be a demonstration sport in the Olympics in France, in Alberville. Mm-hmm. So in 1988, I quit my job. I went into real estate sales so that I could be my own sponsor. And because at the time, nobody sponsored nobody when you're nobody. <laughs> and so to be able to have the money to be able to raise and move forward and really took a step towards um, the commitment. And it, 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 there's a breakdown, actually, if you will. And if some of your listeners are taking notes, there's really five C's that I could associate with peak performance. Good. Let's hear it. Uh, the first is clarifying the vision. Uh, clarity. When you have that clarity, and clarity isn't a visual thing. Clarity is a, is a, that emotional buzz thing where you feel it. Mm-hmm. And that then moves on to the second C, which is commitment. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not, we've all stepped in, up to a commitment and realized, oh, wait a minute, this is bigger than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. But that's mm-hmm. fine. You realize there's degrees of commitment. There's levels of commitment necessary. And then the third C is consistency. What, what will I do consistently? What will you do consistently to execute on this this plan, this initiative? Uh, to get to the Olympic Games, uh, the, the, the key element of consistency was Pursuit was to do what the competition's not willing to do. Mm, in, in order to catch up to any of my competition, I couldn't compete the way they competed. I had to compete in a way they weren't willing to. Now, what does that? What did that mean? You mean working harder or working no. differently? Or yeah, differently, not harder, because the I was trying to compete with the. In order to qualify for the Olympic team, you have to be ranked top sixteen in the world. Wow! For wow. Canada. So if you want to be on the Olympic team, if you're ranked 17th place, you're the best in the nation, but you're 17th place, you don't go. Hmm. So my competition were the top 16 guys. In fact, let's say 15 because I needed to take out one of those spots. Yeah. And yeah. so if you're trying to compete against the top 15 people in the world, there's no way you can co- compete or work harder than they are because mm-hmm. they've mm-hmm. had way too much of lead time. Right. And, uh, they've or, got way or too in much. your business. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so then all of a sudden it puts a sense of realism to it. But this realism is you, you leverage it and you go, wait a minute, what are they not willing to do? Uh-huh. So then I'd go to the library. I'd, I'd research mental training strategies. If they were spending 10 hours, 10 minutes a day on mental training, I would spend an hour and 10 minutes a day on mental training. Uh, that sounds like I'm working harder, but that meant I spent less time physical training. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I went to the Olympic Games on the third of the physical training my competitors were doing. Wow. And you so, made up for it with the mental training. Right. Yeah. So when you do what the competition's not willing to do, you come up with all sorts of things 
that they haven't thought of. Mm. And because there's a domino effect. Let me t- share a quick story with you. Sure. Uh, an athlete broke, no money, no sponsorship, but you can afford a $2.50 library card. Go to the library, research the topic that will get you further. In this case, it was mental training strategies for an athlete. Mm-hmm. The book is due back after three weeks. So every three weeks, I'd cycle through another mental training strategies book for athletes and garner the information from it that would work. Mm-hmm. Come mm-hmm. across this, uh, and here's the dominoes. One, get the library card. Second domino, find um, an audio hypnosis album called Skiing with the Wind. Next domino, instead of using that track, I thought, well, why don't I read rewrite the script on the audio hypnosis album specifically to speed skiing. So third domino. Then I got my mom's voice reading the, the Aww, script. That's nice. Right. Well, yeah. you know, there's a maternal bond at very least. Well, yeah, of you know? course. And yeah. so why not, you know, drill into the subconscious mind as quickly as possible? Of course. And then um, more research. Find something called a sensory deprivation float tank in these books. Does it exist? No. Find out that it does, in fact, exist down the street from my office. And so, and then I take the audio hypnosis album, put it in the sensory deprivation float tank, and have this uber mental training thing the competition hasn't remotely thought of. Interesting. So, so the reason I say that is so not somebody run out and do the same thing. Right. What I'm saying is. What could you possibly do with uh, 20 minutes a day with inputting words in Google? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what could you do with a $2.50 library card uh, 10 minutes a day that, uh, you know, or going to the library once every three weeks? See, your competition is going to, and we're all in a competitive environment, they're out trying to get the same dollar. Right. So how how are you going to be able to capture that? And it's by doing the little things. It's not the big things. It's not working not how, harder. It's um, working smarter. Yeah. Or working not how differently. how much you do. It's about how often you do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the consistency issue. Yeah. So now we got three. What's four? C. The fourth? Now we're getting closer to performance. Um, a lot of this first stuff, the first three Cs were process-oriented. What are you clarifying the vision? How do you fine-tune that? Second, commitment. Commitment's not a moment. When you walk down the aisle and you commit, in your marriage, in your wedding, that's not the marriage. I mean, that's just the first day. Right. You actually have to step up and commit the next day and the next. Right. Uh, so commitment's a process. Uh, consistency, clearly a process, and performance blend. Confidence is the fourth C. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all know people that have a huge amount of skill but no confidence, and their results are often compromised. Mm-hmm. We also know people that have very, very little skill, but all the confidence in the world, and they get results that they didn't even earn. They just they just walked in. You've seen beginner's luck or somebody new into an industry and just goes, boom, they hit it. Yeah. Well, that, that X factor is confidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where does mm-hmm. confidence come from? Experience. Mm-hmm. Well, what if we don't have the experience in it? What if you're new to this business? What if you're new to ski racing? How do you have the experience? And so... There's ways to do that. We can explore that now or later if you like. What? Go, go, tell us. How do you have the experience? um, I'm going to share with you an idea. It was the single most valuable, important idea that I did as an athlete. Mm -hmm. And And I've done this with my business today. But I can 
I can almost predict that most of your listeners aren't going to do it because it's not easy. Okay. Well, but if okay. you want it, if you want great results, then do this. Okay. It, it's called flashcards. Mm-hmm. Now, the flashcards are traditionally associated with uh, scenario planning. What would I do in these certain situations? Uh, objection handling techniques, memorizing these, the Jerry Bresser school of memorization so that you can have an answer at any time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These flashcards I called scenario uh, planning. And it, it was each flashcard was designed to create a huge amount of fear. <laughs> now, now follow me on this. Okay. In, in times of intense stress is when we kick into fight or flight mode. We're not in control. We're right. just kind of on instinct. Right. Mm-hmm. The flashcards, I'll give you an example of one that I had. I had 150 that I designed. One said, you're forced to go. The three races ahead of you have crashed. They each crashed at about 122 miles an hour. Rumor has it that each of the three broke their neck. There there was only three emergency helicopters available. (laughs) You're next. Yeah, go. Okay, there's a scenario that would cause, yeah, there's a scenario that cause a huge amount of stress. Right. But follow this. If you imagined smelling and tasting and touch all five senses in that situation, that scenario, if you imagine yourself handling that that stressful situation with supreme confidence, now it's in your imagination, right? And you can right. do whatever you want in your imagination. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so you go down this run, you have a great run, and then you cross the finish line smoothly, and you're in first place. Right. right. What you've given your subconscious mind is an experience. Yes. And, and, and the more competency. experience you have, yeah. the more what? Confidence. Oh. That's right. Well, and you, you know, and you're, and you're training yourself to handle absolutely the worst scenario so that the, the best scenario is easy. You know, I mean, if you can handle the worst, if you can handle the fear, you can certainly handle the success. And when there's an absence of fear, performance goes up. Exactly. What you've done, if you visualize this, you experience this in such a way that has an experience attached to it, you have strengthen the subconscious mind in such a way that you have higher levels of confidence and just naturally better performance output with um, the end result. Right, right. Good. I like that. Uh, it no, works. But it, it's no, I'm not sure. Easy. You got to go out. You got to make the flashcards. Then you have to do them on a daily basis, and you have to keep revisiting the flashcards and making up new ones. And what are other stressful scenarios? And you have to imagine, see it, smell it, taste it, touch it. I mean, there's there's a, a good deal involved. Maybe it, it only takes five or ten minutes out of your day, but um, there's uh, I've mentioned this technique to a number of people, and they just go, "Oh, no, I'll just." Yeah. I'll just, I'll just show up and try and be good. Yeah. 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 It's not, it's not worth yeah. the effort. Well, oh, you know, and that's, and I mean, that's their decision, of course. But, but mm-hmm. if you really want to be a peak performer, which is what we're talking about, is that you're willing to do things that other people aren't willing to do, right? Yeah. And, uh, and, and that's what leverages you up. Okay. So we got the last C here, number five. The fifth one is entirely related to peak performance which means there's no process to it other than the fact it's a sequence. Mm-hmm. It's a four-part sequence prior to a sale or a negotiation or the race run or the speech, whatever. And the idea here is if you set something in motion, it will carry the same direction. And it's just simple high school physics, the same time every time. So 
if you're going into a situation that might be st- more stressful than others, if you've gone through this sequence prior to every time you've given a presentation or a sales call or whatever, you're more likely to have the momentum that you're looking for in the first place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, the four-part routine is very simple. One, you get there early. Now, early is defined as if the competition gets there 10 minutes early, you get there 20 minutes early. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If the competition gets there a half an hour early, maybe you get there you know, 35, 40 minutes early. The, the idea is do what the competition is not willing to do. Right. So right. get there early. What happens to stress when you get there early? Well, it, re- it reduces, I mean, because you're there. You're in control. You're managing right. it. Right, exactly. Two, breathe. <laughs> now, I know Good idea. almost all of our listeners have been practicing that for a while. Yes. But the idea behind breath is that you deep breathe, that you, o- you provide oxygen to the entire system, mm-hmm. 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 which manages stress. Right. Because a stressful response is shallow breathing. Right. The third step is visualize the outcome. And if you're taking notes, put in brackets the word is this the words is this aligned? Visualizing the outcome means what is the ultimate outcome you'd like to have from this meeting? Often we we kind of go in with a loose idea, I want to close the sale, I want them to sign something, I want them to you know, I want to win this race, I want to have a great speech. No, you know, if it was a speech, you know, people are launching out of their chairs. They are coming up and they're giving, handing me their business card and saying, would you speak to your, our corporation or whatever? Or, uh, you know, I want to buy 300 of your books or I want to do, you know, this. You know, visualize the outcome. What's the outcome? What, what is the, what do you want? I know that sounds simple, but we forget. You know, right. If yep. this is part of the routine and it's aligned, aligned with what? Well, What's your overall goal? What's your what's your emotional buzz? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then uh, the th- the fourth step in the routine is a decision to have fun. Just have fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who do you buy from? Somebody having fun That's or right. somebody having an excruciating experience? <laughs> no. Excuse me. Let me sell you my pain and depression. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. I want to buy that. How's yeah. it going? Uh, Sign me uh, up. Lord. Right, right. No, you're absolutely right. Um, and and what is the name of that fifth step? The, did I say five? I meant four. The oh, four meant, part routine. Oh, okay. Four C's then, not five. No, five C's. Oh, sorry. The fifth C is control. Control, and that's the that's the four part sequence. The four part sequence under control. Right. Now you're not controlling the environment. You control the sequence, the routine, what you bring to right. that environment. Yes. So that's why it's control. Yes, exactly. And you, I mean, you're in charge of yourself and and the uh, and the situation, not uh, not the not the event, but your now, your response. Exactly. And let me jump in here. I, you know, I, I I normally bring this up earlier, but there is a concept I've referred to the subconscious mind and resonance and being in tune and alignment. Mm-hmm. There was a study done by a fellow named Dr. Lee Poulos out of Vancouver. And he found that in a second of time, your conscious mind processes with 2,000 neurons, Mm -hmm. and your subconscious mind processes with 4 billion neurons. Wow. Wow. Now, that's below consciousness. Yes. (laughs) We have 4 billion neurons below every second, below consciousness, firing off, and they're the ones in control. Yeah. The ratio between the conscious and subconscious mind is the same ratio between an ant and an elephant. And that's the name of your book, which is my next question. That's the name of my last book, which is called, latest book is called, um, 
the ant and the elephant. Tell us and it really that. is those, are those five C's I just mentioned mm-hmm. on how an ant realizes if I get this elephant headed in the same direction as I want to go, I'm going to get there and get there with style. Um, and so, you know, the ant, all day long we make decisions consciously. You know, I want to go west, but the elephant's headed east. I want to go on a diet, but the elephant's headed the opposite way. It's headed to the chocolate. So. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I want to make more money, but there might be an unconscious agenda that says, there's no way you're going to make more money. Uh-huh. So what if we had a sequence of the ant and the elephant headed in the same direction? So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and those yeah. are the those are the five C's that we're talking about, in terms yeah, of well, yeah, yeah, the five C's that the, in within the book, the ant and the elephant, which was really a fun parable to say. Here is how you can get the results from your elephant, as opposed to just trying to do it. Because if it was just the conscious intention, and I think we get caught up that. If I do these things, if I have this willpower, if I go in this direction, I'm going to get the results. And we can even sit at meetings and hear other people that are successful and say, if I do what they do, I'm going to be as successful. Not until you have alignment with right. the ant and the elephant. Mm-hmm. That alignment, just like one more thing, sparks from that emotional buzz. Mm-hmm. If it has an emotional buzz, that's a clue that the elephant is headed in the same direction. Nicely said. I like. I really like that, uh, Vince. I, I I talk about it in the, that we have hidden negatives that pull us down from all of our good intent, but it's the same kind of thing, and that is that we have to you know get in alignment, like you said, and have uh, an integrity of what we want and our desire and our belief integrated, rather than having you know saying we want this but then not believing it's possible with a with the subconscious part of us. You know, the ant can say, this is what I want, this is what I really truly deserve. But the elephant can say, no, you don't. And then we're driving with the brake and the and the gas on. Yeah. Well, that you'll see that in the book. It, the ant says, I want to go to the oasis and starts marching towards the oasis. And, you know, does an ant see elephant? No. <laughs> it, it doesn't even know it's on the back of an elephant mm-hmm. until this uh, owl shows up and says, you need to convince this elephant. Then the bigger question is, wait a minute, if it's subconscious, how do I convince my unconscious mind to go in a direction that I'm not even sure exactly what the unconscious mind has decided? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a complex thing, and I guess years of psychotherapy might work. <laughs> or to circumnavigate it and just have a 5C strategy to, it's an architecture for peak performance and alignment for the elephant to head in the same direction. And so that's why the book's done really, really well. So. Oh, that's one. And I, and I want to give information at the end about how to get that. First of all, though, I want to come back because I love your phrase, uh, the emotional buzz. Define what the emotional buzz is, please. The emotional buzz. Let me give the technical part and then give you the source of it. The, the emotional buzz is very simple. When a thought creates, creates a physical reaction. Mm-hmm. Now, that physical reaction could be a tingle up and down your spine. Mm-hmm. That could be in the pit of your stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say the thought of being able to have a cottage by the lake that I own free and clear or my kids are playing on the beach in front of the cottage, and that my wife and I are standing there drinking some coffee and the sun's setting, 
I get <laughs> I get tingles thinking about that mm. because we don't have a cottage by the lake, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Or you know, it could be you and your friends on a boat that you bought, or it could be um, where you're free and clear, and there's zero debt, and that you're you 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 take six weeks off when you feel like it. Mm-hmm. Whatever thought gives you a physical reaction qualifies as an emotional buzz. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the foundation of that is what that means is is emotion springs from the subconscious mind. This is where the four, part of what the four billion neurons are doing is is sending emotion up to the conscious mind to say, I feel sad, I feel this, I feel that. Mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. happy, I feel excited. Right. Mm-hmm. When Therefore, that's a litmus test. If something has an emotional buzz, it means that your elephant is aligned completely with your ant. Mm-hmm. Okay. That means you have 2,000 neurons of what you want to create consciously and four billion neurons aligned with that ant as well. Yep. Good. Good. So really, what you really need to do is just uh, is focus on what you feel. If you're feeling bad, you're not in the emotional buzz. If you're feeling right. good, you are. Right. There so you go. It's relatively simple. I mean, I wish simple. it was complicated, but it's not. It's relatively simple, you know, but yeah. people forget that. when it, We, we want to overanalyze it. We want to, you know, and when you're having fun, you're making money, you know, like you said earlier. Um, okay, so what um, do high performers do consistently? What do you see in your business? And I know you talk to many, many companies and work with high performers everywhere. You know, the... the we're in a society, I think high performance has actually changed in the last decade. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe the basics are still the same, but I think it's so much harder today to be a peak performer. Because we're in a society based on instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in a world of instant gratification, what that means, if you really boil it down, we are used to getting results faster now, information faster, everything faster than we ever have. Mm-hmm. And let's bring back the ant and the elephant. The ant knows that certain things will take time. Mm-hmm. But what is the expectation at the subconscious level? Instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we're having to not just m- muscle through and be persistent. You know, those are age-old things. Be persistent, you will get the results. Right. But now you have to be able to stay the course. You have to not just be persistent, but you literally have to fight the instinct, the natural expectation to have instant gratification. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why young people are just, they're, my kids, they're nine, eight, and six, and my biggest fear for them is that they will expect instant gratification mm-hmm. with everything mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's all they know. Right. And um, so well, what happens to somebody when they don't get what they want? You know, they get frustrated. They get disillusioned. They move on. They change right. jobs. They do a different things. Well, quit. this didn't work. I'll try that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a peak performer of today is 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 faced with an unconscious elephant-sized challenge of retaining that alignment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so staying the course is critical. I'll give your uh, listeners a, a secret or a, a technique, if you will. Good. 
I call them gold dots. And basically the gold dot was a little Avery little dot. Could be yellow, could be green, but mine are gold. Mm-hmm. And and I put the gold dot in my wallet, my keychain, on my cell phone. And every time that I see that gold dot, it's a reminder of my emotional buzz. Mm-hmm. And I see it, smell it, taste it, touch it. It's the kids playing by the beach, beside the cottage, beside the water. My wife and I are together. You know, we afforded that because, you know, because we we have, we're financially secure. That's the gold dot that really has this cachet from an emotional standpoint. And so every time I see, you see a gold dot, it's like boom, boom, and it takes you to that alignment. And so there's a technique for staying the course and ensuring the ant and the elephant stay in the same direction. I like that. And it's, and I, you know, what I like about that too, Vince, is that it's visual. And so, and it immediately triggers all these feelings that you have, you know. Um, that's, that's lovely. Pat, I, I'll say this right now. I am going, I am in the thick of this right now. I mean, right smack in the middle of this frustration. Why can't this happen? Because I'm working on my next book. And there's all sorts of deadlines I'm having to deal with. But the design of the book is something that is not typical to the writing style that I do. And so right at this very moment, today I was sitting there going, oh, why don't I just quit? Not quit, but just this isn't working and I'm frustrated. And then I'm going, whoa, shoot. Well, There's wait. a great technique. It's called pivoting. Pivoting? And mm-hmm. Pivot, P-I-V-O-T. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to be able to pivot off the negative thought onto the gold dot. Mm-hmm. So off the negative thought to the gold dot. And pivoting, really what that does is there's there's an alignment issue. And if you're out of alignment, it's because if you have a negative thought, you're out of alignment. Let me put it that way. Right, of course. Yeah. And then when you snap yourself back into alignment, then you're back in this resonance and all that. And sure, it's going to take me time to figure this out. It's a book for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah, it, it's not um, going to happen today. You know, it's a, it's yeah. over time. It's a, it's a process, as you said. You know, yeah. but so but uh, even even a, a guy that talks about peak performance, oh yeah, Absolutely. deals with it oh. on a daily basis, and it's just is. Don't we all? I mean, you know, I talk about protesting. I talk about, you know, when you have a negative thought or a negative occurrence, taking five minutes and firing all that negativity. You know, it's it's the same kind of thing. And and the expression of it, get it out of you and then come back to your emotional buzz or your or your uh, alignment. But you have to deal with it or it deals with you. You know, there's no way. of. I mean, you can't deny that you your feelings. They pretty much rule the roost. Um, the question is just how you're going to deal with them. So um, why is confidence such an important part of success? I know you've said that confidence is is one of the real keys for peak performance and success. What? Why do you see that as being uh, such an important part? Well, I, I, let me approach it from this angle. I think we think of confidence as either being there or not being there, uh-huh. and uh, it's human nature. You know, hey, I'm new to this business. I don't have confidence. Well, why not be the architect for your your confidence? Why not accelerate confidence? Why not actually have your level of confidence so high that you could handle any situation? Because, you know, you can have a musician or an athlete can have so much skill, but if their confidence level is low, they will get the results that are, that are poor. Right. And so 
it, it's not so much I need to know more information, I need to know how to do this better, I need to know the objection handling, I need to know what to say in this situation. It's less about that and more about just confidence. Well, if it, then it's confidence, then it's a, an issue of utilizing things like flashcards or pivoting, which changes everything. Okay. All right. Um, I could just visit with you all day. This is so fun. Um, but we can't. But okay. So sum it up for us, Vince, in like three sentences. <laughs> How do we? What do? You, what would you like to say as a kind of summation? And then I want you to tell us about your books, about your speaking, because I don't know about everyone else listening, but I'm getting into your book immediately. So go ahead. Thank you. <laughs> you know, you'll you'll love the book. It, it, it's oh, got will? a lot of humor in it. There's footnotes in it, by the way, and if you can picture the smart aleck person at the back of the room <laughs> with my voice, <laughs> that would be it. But in a, in a summary, in a summary, you know, I, I think wherever we are at, that it, it's healthy to step back and to take a look at what really, really, really cranks us up, what really feels right in your stomach or up and down your spine. And then to test the water with that, even if it's not realistic, just test it because you'll, you'll absolutely surprise yourself. And one day, you know, marching in the opening ceremonies of the Olympic Games with my mom and dad in the stands, mm. Mm. it was one of those magical moments that went, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, crying out loud, it worked. <laughs> you know, uh, or it was standing, standing on stage for these people, some of these people, and getting, you know, these awards. Tell us where we can get your book, all that stuff. Well, That's The Ant and the Elephant is available through most bookstores. I don't know if they're still as excited about carrying it because it's now two months into it, but it's easily ordered through Amazon.com, okay. BarnesandNoble.com. My website, there's a ton of peak performance stuff that will help improve your business. My fa- Look for this one. It's called um, Creating Wealth. Okay. And it is a two-CD system. The first CD are the five Cs surrounding uh, money. And the second one is an audio hypnosis album, uh, CD, and it's the exact same mental training strategies I used as an athlete. And in effect, it will help you get your elephant headed in the same direction as what you want to create consciously financially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so uh, creating wealth is uh, something in addition to the ant and the elephant I'd recommend. Okay. Um, and it, all of that, my audio books are on BeInvincible.com. Be Invincible. B-E. B, like B-E-I-N-Z-I-N-C-E-A-B-L-E. Be Invincible Group. Be Invincible. Dot com. Okay. And this is Vince Pocente, and we are talking about peak performance, and you are certainly a great example of that, Vince. Thank you so much. This has been good fun. I hope maybe we can do it again sometime. I would I would be thrilled. And, I, Pat, I want to say that I think you're doing great things for your listeners. When you told me what you were doing and what you were producing, I thought, what a service. I mean, you don't have to do this. I know you don't have to do this. And it's something I think you get a great deal of joy from the contribution you make. So, but it's, it's, you're, if you're listening to this, you're getting part of some, uh, great information from a fantastic woman. So oh. it's my honor to be. Oh, part of thank your you, Vince. Thank That's you. very sweet. Very sweet. 
Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.